This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly from Bloomberg Radio. I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Carol Masser. Welcome to the Bloomberg Business Week Extra. It's our weekly podcast bringing you an in-depth interview you will not hear anywhere else. Well, and a very timely one to say the least. Jim Allen, he is the chairman and CEO of Hard Rock International. They've got their name on the stadium where the Super Bowl is being played this year. Also spent a lot of money on a Super Bowl ad. With some 200 venues, including cafes, hotels, casinos, live music, and the rock shop in more than 76 countries, Hard Rock International is also, Jason, going to be on everyone's radar for the big game. First, of course, because the Super Bowl is going to be played in Hard Rock Stadium. Right. And there's going to be a big ad. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be one I predict that we're going to be talking about in part because one of the stars is J-Lo. She's also performing at the big game. Jim Allen is here with us, back with us, I should say. Uh, Great to see you. A big week, obviously, for the whole enterprise in a lot of ways. Tell us what this means for the company. Oh, amazingly excited about, obviously, Super Bowl week and having a commercial, you know, as part of the halftime festivities for uh, Super Bowl, the 100-year anniversary of the NFL at Hard Rock Stadium. So tell us, though, about why, I mean, you guys have not done, right, an ad uh, at the Super Bowl. So why why is now the right time? Well, you know, it all kind of came together with the opening of the world's first guitar-shaped hotel, the 100-year anniversary of the NFL, Hard Rock Stadium. And it just seemed like if we're going to be involved, you know, let's get involved on a big-time basis. But Jim Allen, tell us about the Super Bowl audience. What is it about that audience that you know, man, this is a place you want to run an ad? The most watched event in the world. Over 100 million people see this particular event. That's just on the TV broadcast itself. When you look at then online, it certainly creates a lot more media impressions, you know, for a global basis for the Hard Rock brand. And that's something we're very excited about. So tell us what you can about the ad. <laughs> Obviously, you want to leave some tell for the surprise today. Actually. Tell us everything you can uh, about the ad because, because of that audience, people, as you know, and I know we know some of them. Right. There are people who tune in just for the ads. They don't even care about the game. So the stakes are high, as they say in your business. Well, we have our verbals from the NFL and Fox. Um, so we're still literally a few hours away of getting the final approvals. But certainly with that said, we didn't want it just to be a spot about the brand. So we kind of created this storyline. Obviously, hiring a director and producer like Michael Bay speaks for itself that we're committed here long term. So the spot is almost like a mini story that then eventually takes you to our websites, our relationship with J-Lo, and frankly creates you know the introduction to the $2 million sweepstakes, which we'll be announcing. So Michael Bay, so is it going to have like an Armageddon, Transformers kind of feel <laughs> with j It definitely will have a Hollywood feel. <laughs> yeah. I promise you that. Did you guys really spend about $5.6 million to make this commercial? Well, or what, frank- t- Give us an idea. Well, I-, I could say we're north of $10 million all in. Wow. wow. Right. Was that a hard check to write? <laughs> well, frankly, the spots themselves, yeah. you know, are approaching that. And, yeah. you know, candidly, we're well north of $10 million yeah. all in. And so Michael Bay, tell us how he gets the nod. He lives in Miami, I think. And so he's got some connections here. Well, I think we wanted to create something that was special, right? And not just because of all the amazing movies that he's directed, but also did a lot of music videos. So he certainly understands the brand. Right. Certainly being in Miami made it a little bit easier as far as proximity, you know, to the guitar-shaped hotel. But frankly, we did look at some other candidates, and he by far was the one we were hoping for. And when he said yes, we were certainly very excited. Yeah, it's really cool to have 
have him in. And I can only imagine how, how much fun it was to work with him. What is this a bet on, um, Jim? Is it a bet on the hotel business? Is it on online gaming, which you guys have been moving certainly aggressively into? What What is it about for you? What do you hope to get out of it? Well, I think the Hard Rock brand um, – we know that you know coming up on our 50-year anniversary is one of the most recognized brands in the world. But we want to continue to position it as a brand of entertainment. And obviously, the Super Bowl is much more than a football game. It's about entertainment when you think about people coming together in houses and all the different things they do. So being part of this was something that was very important for me to position. Hard Rock is not just a brand of hospitality, but a brand of entertainment. But what do you hope that in terms of people say, oh, Hard Rock, I didn't know that they – I forgot that they're doing this or they're doing this. Well, we are certainly hopeful that it'll drive some foot traffic to all the locations on a global basis. But I, you know, I don't think it's about quote unquote internet gambling. I think it's more about the brand itself, which obviously has many different sectors that we're looking for additional foot traffic to come to our facilities, both in person and then certainly online through the online retail or internet gaming, etc. All right. So speaking of foot traffic and eyeballs, a lot of people are going to be walking in and watching a game that's held in a stadium that you named. You paid, I believe, $250 million for the, for the naming rights. No small chunk of change. What was the – obviously, this is going back a little bit, but what was the thinking behind putting your name on that particular stadium? You know, we had been approached about this many times, and um, we looked at it, and we said, no, probably not for us, because we were concerned. In um, different cities you're talking about? Uh, well, frankly, in, this- in many cities, yeah. but, but specifically in South Florida. Yeah. Um, and once we understood that Mr. Ross, Steve Ross, who's the owner of the Miami Dolphins and the mm-hmm. actual physical structure itself, was committed to really create something that was more than just a football stadium, that piqued my interest. And, you know, Steve would say that it was a rather interesting, you know, back and forth between him and myself. But we were really excited when we saw he wanted to do things other than just football. So whether it's the Rolling Stones, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, with their last show there, Beyonce, Jay-Z, U2, Formula One, you know, the Miami Open moving, you know, obviously from Biscayne now to Hard Rock Stadium. It's really an entertainment destination. And once we were convinced that was going to be part of, um, of the script, not just the football, very, very excited. So tell us a little bit about that back and forth if you can. We know Stephen Ross well. He's going to be joining us actually. Him, yeah. Uh, later this week at a big conference we're doing uh, down there. He's a tough businessman. You're a tough businessman. So what were you really sort of haggling over at the end of the day? I don't know if it was haggling, but I think it was more about making sure that we understood what the entertainment commitment was going to be, obviously then tying that back to the actual dollars associated with the sponsorship. And then most importantly, we did not want to do this on a short-term basis. We were in and we were all in, um, or we didn't want to end up in a situation where we've got a five-year sponsorship and then hypothetically the name changes again so you know people are going to know hard rock stadium for the next you know well actually we're already three years into the deal for the next 17 years and that was very important to us so what does it mean for the future stadium i do feel like there's more challenges for people time new fans younger fans they want a different type of experience so what does it mean for you guys in terms of what you'll be doing with that stadium going forward 20 years commitment that's a long time so what's the future but you know i think like in any physical building you know there's always a conversation about reinvesting in capex Mm -hmm. and if we look at Steve's incredible success, you know, look at the Hudson Yards here. I mean, obviously, he and his companies have a long track record at continuing to reinvest to create a world-class product. So, frankly, that was something that was very important to me 
um, which we believe the, the same will continue at Hard Rock Stadium as we move forward. Even if you look at what's happened since we actually signed the deal, we certainly knew that Super Bowls were a strong possibility. <laughs> yeah. Nothing is guaranteed because obviously the NFL has to approve that. Um, but it was very clear in the contract, which the NFL was aware of, that if a Super Bowl occurs, then certain financial and economic things may or may not you know, happen with the relationship between Mr. Ross and ourselves. We, we believe the same will happen as we continue to you know, grow the partnership on a long-term basis. And do you have any sense of how many Super Bowls? I mean, obviously, they don't go too far out. But, I mean, you could get multiple in, uh, in that period of time. Well, right? first of all, there's been more Super Bowls in South Florida than anywhere else right. in the United States. Um, it's just such the it's a, such an ideal place for the Super Bowl because obviously Miami is an international gateway city, tremendous amount of hotel rooms. You don't have to bring in cruise ships to try to put people right. you know for a place to stay. Um, the Qatar Hotel, all the amenities that we offer at, at Hard Rock, we just think it's a natural. So we're very hopeful that many more will come in the future. So what about some of the other properties? And I'm thinking about Atlantic City. I've, I've spent some time down there talking to um, your team and, and other folks. Um, you were pretty critical about what's going on in Atlantic City recently in terms of the city itself, the safety. Um, how, first of all, tell us how the property is doing. Property's doing very well. You know, um, first year of op- first full year of operation yeah. actually rose to number two in the marketplace in gross gaming revenue. So that's something that we were very proud of when you look at the amazing brands like Harris and Caesars, Tropicana, Gold Nugget that have been there. You know, Caesars has been there for over 40 years. So right. um, huge database, you know, to go up and compete against that in the first year to get to number two is very important to Jim, us. Is it a different type of individual who's coming to Hard Rock down in Atlantic City versus what yeah, we've seen in the past? No, no doubt. We, we certainly focused on entertainment, you know, Live 365. Right. I mean, that was really about creating, and not just music, right? So whether it's comedy with Harry Mandel, whether it's with the Needlander family with all the Broadway shows we're doing, right. and frankly, really exceeded our expectations. I think it's a real compliment to the Hard Rock brand, the Needlander family, but frankly, Atlantic City, because the, the numbers we did with Jersey Boys were really, really strong. So now we're going to do four Broadway series this upcoming season. Uh, as far as the town itself, it, it's not that we feel it's quote unquote unsafe. We just feel as though that Trenton, the CRDA, you know, unfortunately the mayor was arrested again. You know, we've seen this so many times. Now is the time to come together to say, look, we've had a company like Hard Rock invest over $500 million. A lot. Let's live up to what we said we're going to do to take the next step together. You- but you, you did tell AP, you said, frankly, the town's in worse shape today than it was when we bought the building. When you're in a resort environment where safety and security is so important, if the city can't get something fixed as simple as the street lighting, then maybe a change is needed. I mean, Correct. it's frustrating. Yeah. I, so the, and, and specifically, street lights, you would think that the local municipality would be handled that. And if they don't understand that if you don't keep up with street lights, then safety can become an issue. But to be fair, we haven't seen crime issues at Hard Rock at all, to be fair to the city. But frankly, if you don't fix the street lights, you're going to have crime. And, and that's the issue. And so we've talked about Miami, talked a little bit about Atlantic City. Tell us where else you're sort of looking to either to expand an ex- existing footprint or areas of the country or, the, or even the world that uh, might be more interesting to you going forward. Well, you know, right literally a few blocks away here in New York City, I just was there yesterday morning at the site. We're up to about floor number floor in our new brand new Hard Rock Hotel over on 48th Street. So we're very excited about that. Um, on a global basis, we're opening Dublin, Madrid, Barcelona, 
Um, you know, as we look expanding the hotel division, that's something that's very important to us. So Budapest, another city where we're opening. Certainly we have gaming integrated resort deals in um, separate from the hotel in Barcelona, but also at Port Aventura in Barcelona, technically Catalonia. And then um, obviously Mexico City is, right. is a project that we're extremely excited about. What about Vegas? Last time you talked to us in October, we made some headlines. We got a great little story. Um, our, what's happening in Vegas? It, it, you know, we'll have to ask our friends at Virgin. Um, we saw a story last week that now they're back on. Um, we are very hopeful. We wish everybody the best of luck. Um, certainly, the Hard Rock in Las Vegas is not a property we control right. or own. Right. Um, so it's supposed to close. We believe next weekend and be reconverted into a Virgin. You know, and if that happens, we certainly wish everybody the best of luck. And that opens up the possibility Correct. for you down the road. Correct. How quick- we, we, we made a um, a transaction we completed with Brookfield back in uh, September of 2016 that if the brand comes off of it, then the brand rights, because we already bought the rest of the yeah. brand rights back at that period, but specifically Las Vegas then comes back to us. How quickly would you like to make the footprint in Vegas if all of that plays out? You know, I'm very, very neutral and conservative on Las Vegas right now. Okay. We certainly understand long-term Las Vegas is always going to be the gambling capital of the United States. But when you look at room rates and you look at the product, you know, it's just kind of in a neutral position right now. So I think it's important to be building um, at the right time in Las Vegas. Clearly, we've seen, you know, 10 plus years of economic growth. Um, I, I'm not an economist, but certainly something is going to happen sometime in the next year or two. So I think timing in Las Vegas is very important. We would love to be opening if, if, if our brand was available to be utilized, you know, say more on a strip, right. coming out of an ec- economic situation rather than going into one. All right. So back to football for a second. Speaking of which, Las Vegas, they're going to get a football team. So maybe that makes Las Vegas a little more interesting. Um, you know, tell us about what this moment means for sort of your leadership uh, of the company. I mean, this is a big week, as we've been talking about. Super Bowl coming to your stadium, your name's on it, big Super Bowl ad. Like, wh- where do you sort of put yourself in sort of what you want to get done with this brand right now? Well, I think that when we look at the $2.2 billion that we just you know finished in capital investment completing construction-wise in Tampa and Hollywood, and to have those open on time and very humbly, you know, frankly, exceeding um, projections in a major way. I mean, they're doing very, very well. We opened Sacramento. We opened Cabo. It was a very, very busy quarter for us the last quarter of last year. We closed on the Cincinnati transaction, which now we'll be converting that into a hard rock you know, destination announcement. Rockford, announced Indiana. So, you know, we've been very, very busy. So I think all that coming together is very, very favorable for the brand. But at the same time, it's very important to me that we do not expand too rapidly. You right. know, I keep telling the team, you know, we've got to be cognizant that all the little things matter. And I think really that's our focus for 2020, you know, finish up what we have. We're always going to sign between 15 and 20 international cafes and, you know, between 10 and 12 hotels, but really focusing on, you know, getting the service and all those things to the highest level possible. What, what's your outlook? Because it's interesting to hear you talk because obviously you're, you're finishing up, you know, building a bunch of hotels and those are commitments that you made a while ago or so on. So, but I'm just curious about the outlook. 
you know, it sounds like a little bit of cautiousness in there. Is there? 100%. Yeah. Uh, listen, I understand that the election, you know, in November could have tremendous impact on what may or may not occur with the economy, right? But even if things stay the same, you know, and I'm not referring to the presidency, but the Senate and the House, and mm-hmm. who knows what may or may not happen here. Um, I think one has to be cautious that if you look historically, you know, over 10 years of economic growth, now lapping numbers where, quote unquote, the new tax advantage, you know, for corporations, you know, is already in play. There certainly has been obviously some regulatory, you know, things from a business perspective that people think are positive. I recognize, remember, Hard Rock's a brand about love all, serve all, and save the planet. There's another side of that, and we're very, very respectful to that. But I just think one has to be cautious. Right. This can't go on forever. Right. And so do you then – how does that sort of play through to the business decisions you make maybe for the balance of 2020? You know, fundamentally, if we go back, you know, when I first met the Seminole Tribe and we started this business back in late 2000, early 2001, it was always about focusing on the balance sheet. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're still levered after just expanding $2.2 billion in Florida and only 1.6, 1.7. You know, we imposed on ourselves and Wall Street did not to delever. So we'll be back down to one or under within the next five, five and a half years. Mm -hmm. So we'll always focus on a very strong investment grade balance sheet to weather these storms. We don't understand how some companies get out there and make these commitments for short-term EPS. And then obviously when times get rough and, you know, room rates move 10, 15, 20 dollars, how do you generate the cash to pay all this amazing interest that people obviously get themselves into? One thing that Jason, I like to ask everybody and last question, what's your biggest existential threat right now facing you in terms of your company, your business? I think that, you know, the world economy is something that we always have to be focused on. And literally in three weeks, you know, if you looked at futures this morning down 400 plus, you know, obviously the market's down 180 some points or so right now. Mm -hmm. Literally in days, the world economy can change that may or may not be within, you know, U.S. businesses control. And since we're in 76 countries, I think it's very important for us to always be focused on the world economy. Right. And do you worry about this particular uh, situation right now coming out of China for your business? Well, you're um, right. Hospitality, right? This is well, a, you know, we've virus. closed two cafes already. You know, yeah. well, our Shenzhen Hotel was most likely going to close um, until we navigate through what may or may not occur. Always being respectful in this particular case to the Chinese government. You know, they have over 40 million people now in some type of quarantine. So certainly, no matter what your viewpoint is, you have to keep an eye on that. Yeah. But do I think it's going to have a major impact on our profitability? No, I do not. Even though it's the Lunar New Year, right? This is such an important time in terms of travelers over in Asia. Well, certainly on a global basis, when we look at the Chinese, they're, you know, not quite, but another couple of years to be the largest traveling group in the world. Right. So I think that's always important. But, you know, these things seem to kind of come and go. Um, I don't think, you know, obviously if it continues, but it seems like the World Health Organizations are stepping in and people are becoming very cognizant very quickly. And that was Jim Allen, the chairman and CEO of Hard Rock International. Great to catch up with him uh, ahead of the big game because they really are involved in it in so many different ways. And also just to get his global perspective. This is a company that is in 76 countries just to see what he says uh, is going on in terms of the consumer and the world. Well, exactly. And especially at a time when businesses are starting to wrestle with the implications right. of this virus that started in China, where that goes from here, they are clearly keeping an eye on it. You've been listening to Bloomberg Business Week Extra. Be sure to tune in to Bloomberg Business Week Radio live Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Carol Masser. And I'm Jason Kelly. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.